0: All right, we are in Job chapter 12 and 13. We're going to try to get through these two chapters today. And uh, Job is finishing his, the, the, we're at the end of the first round of conversations here. And, um, and so he's, we've gone through, and if you uh, remember, kind of they've been increasingly harsh in, in their criticisms of, of Job. Uh, and so Job is going to kind of sum up, uh, talking to all of them, uh, maybe particularly to Zophar, who's just spoken. Uh, and then he's going to conclude by talking to, to God. Uh, so we're going to kind of go through these in, in uh, bits and pieces here. Um, I'm going to, we're going to start by going through uh, the first 12 verses of chapter 12 here. We'll kind of take them off in chunks here. He says, Job answered and said, No doubt you are the people and wisdom will die with you. But I have understanding as well as you. I'm not inferior to you. Indeed, who doesn't know things like these? I'm, mocked by his, I'm one who is mocked by his friends, one who called on God and, an, and was answered. The just and the blameless is ridiculed. A lamp is despised in the thought of one who is at ease. Uh, it is ready. Is made ready for those who, whose feet slip. The tents of robbers prosper, and those who provoke God are secure in what God provides by his hand. But now ask the animals, and they will teach you. Ask the birds of the air, and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth, and it will teach you. The fish of the sea will explain to you. Who among all these doesn't know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In whose hand is the life of every living thing? and the breath of all mankind. Does not the ear test words, and the mouth taste food? Uh, wisdom is then with aged men, and length, uh, and with length of days is understanding. So uh, we begin with, I think, a little reference to sarcasm. What is, what is so sarcastic? Maybe, again, maybe this says more about me than about Job. Maybe I'm just reading it with a sarcastic comment. Uh, but what is, is there any, you see sarcasm when you read this, the opening? Yeah. What's, what's the, what's the, what, what do you read? Basically saying that you guys knew everything, <laughs> and whatever you know is going to just die with you, so. <laughs> yeah. So, There's a, a, a strange, uh, the phrase, but I, I I I'm sure it's an idiom. You know, sh- no, no doubt you are the people. Uh, I guess was kind of like we have the phrase "You're the man." Yeah, you know, kind of kind of like a, you're you you are you are it. You know, you are the be all and end all of humanity. You know, certainly you you must be the ideal people in the world. You must know everything. You're the epitome of wisdom. And when you die, no one else is going to have it. I mean, because you alone have it. You're smart. Uh, who doesn't know these things? And that's kind of one of the things that we've talked about, right? Uh, throughout all these things, Job has um, said... They've re- really repeated Job. They haven't said anything different. Job, Job's, uh, Nothing you've said is... Um, you've not really added anything to the conversation. Uh, have you... No, in circles and certainly on on you know on any type of social media, you'll notice like people who quote people a lot, right? And all they've got is other people's quotes, and and sometimes they're very motivational or very applicable and 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 uplifting and things. But it's just like sometimes that's all people add to the conversation is what other people said. They don't have anything from themselves to to add to the conversation. It's like. You know, I'd like to hear your thoughts. You know, it's like I have one one guy. He's just every oh, his whole feed is quotes he's dug up, and they're good quotes. I don't want to, but it's he has nothing to add himself. And, and I think we we've, we've gone through this and noticed how they're quoting all these proverbs from from other times or other other places. And it's like, everybody knows this. We we studied this in school together. I don't know. Like I get the idea that they kind of knew each other from the time they were kids and kind of moved apart or something. You know, maybe they had the same teacher. And like, you know, you're just quoting. You know, professor. So so and so. <laughs> um, I studied those things too. I didn't forget those things. Um, so in the in the second section, verse four through six, it kind of moves into what I think again is some some irony it moves from sarcasm to some irony He uh, what what's what's ironic about the way he's mocked men younger than I. okay um, so so there's the the kind of the irony of, you know, the younger people are, the smarter they are, you know. <laughs> you get teenagers are never wrong. They just give up now. They'll suddenly realize how smart you were, oh, in about, you know, seven or eight years. Wow, you were smart. It's like, when did you get smart, Dad? <laughs> you're just going to have to wait till they're adults because you're dumb now. <laughs> so um, when, they, when they get kids, suddenly suddenly you were smart. Wow, how did you do that? Um, so there's the irony of, of age. Um, he's he's the, the older, and he kind of goes through that, talking about even down towards the end of that section, verse 12, wisdom is with aged men. And he's obviously, I think, pointing out the fact that he's older than they are. I've been around a little bit longer than you. I mean, they're older too, it seems, but, but he's you know older. Uh, so that's one irony. Anything else? It can be about them, it can be about him. I think the second phrase here may be referring to a uh, societal status. Such like, as? I disdain to put with my flock. Where are you at? What chapter are you in? No, well, I thought we were in 30. No, we are in chapter 12. Oh. <laughs> we didn't go through it quite that fast. like, yeah, I talked to God, and boy, did He answer me. Yeah. And it's like, I asked for help, and He just gave me more. Yeah, yeah. I, and It's almost like, I'm one who called on God, and God answered Him, and yet, you're the ones ridiculing me. It's almost like, I, I, I used to have a relationship with God. And maybe He doesn't feel it. You know, it's past tense to Him now. Um, but you're mocking me, and you used to look up to me as a person who had a relationship with God. As remember, we're in the in the pre-Moses age here, and so so he was he would have been considered like a priest, you know, at least for his local area or his family or something like that. Um, he would have been a man looked up to as a as a man of God, um, and uh, without an organized what we call organized religion or, or religious structure. <coughs> So, so he's like, I, I was one who in, in society was considered a man who spoke with God and God answered, and now you're making fun of me. You know, that, that what a turnabout of of fates, in other words. Uh, he's got a an, or a a, re, a reversal of reputation. You could look at it that way. Um, and so then uh, he talks about. Uh, you know, it's the just and the blameless one who's ridiculed. <laughs> you're you're talking about how sinful I am. I'm I'm the one who's just and, and you know I'm the one who's upright. Of course, they're denying that, and so he sees that as an irony. Uh, he then talks about like like the the reversal of roles kind of in in these men. Um, he talks about a lamp. I'm not sure. It seems like that has a, an alternate translation, uh, but I wasn't able to find it here. Um, a lamp is despised in the thought of one who is at ease. I, I think it was, let's see, I think it, there was, a, I'm trying to think of what the reference was. It was like a, a reference to like a, a burning wick or so, something that's. Being burnt, so I so it didn't know if some some translate it. Do, does anybody have a, a different translation for that in verse verse five? Those who are at ease have contempt for misfortune, as the fate of those whose feet are. Stupid. Okay, so so misfortune. Um, so just because it's like, is it a metaphor or is it being translated literally? So I think that's the um, the the. Discrepancy in translation. Um, I think that that translation makes a little bit more sense. The one who is is struggling, the one who's having the difficulties, is criticized by the person who is at ease. What's another way of saying that? Somebody's a little prejudiced. Isn't it? Is there's a prejudice? It's so easy to point out. All the problems when you're not having the problems, it's it's easy to attach um, something uh, of you know some type of criticism to somebody. Oh, you must be having problems. I knew a guy. Uh, there was, was two men in a church, and uh, and one of the men had a severe car accident. He 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 didn't die from it, but it. Gave him back problems for years and years. Ironically enough, he got into another a car accident, and it kind of fixed the problem. It was like doctors couldn't fix it. It was like it was strange. It was, it was almost like Job. It was like years he had back problems, and a car accident fixed it. And um, so, uh, so there was another guy in the church who was kind of suggesting that. Um, it must be because of sin it was like straight out of the book of Job this man was a preacher who was suggesting this and, and he's like where is this coming from you know and it wasn't maybe six months later that that guy the second man had a son who was in a car accident And the first guy was like it was all I could do not to say you know what now and he just wanted to so bad, <laughs> and um, uh, and it was later on after that that the guy came and apologized for that. He's like, "Oh, now that the shoe's on the other foot, you know, maybe it was a little too easy to to accuse somebody of sin uh, for misfortune. It's very easy to do." Well, and I think also people in the world get financial status. Mhm. Yeah right there's a lot of that in the church where and the prosperity doctrine and we make fun of it but it's still easy to do you know the lord helps those who help themselves and all of that ideology so so then he moves to discussion of nature uh, what he talks about the beasts and the animals what is he suggesting that animals and nature and the fish. What are they teaching specifically about this situation? Because the point is that God has done this. How does nature teach that, that God had done this to him? Because that's kind of an odd connection, isn't it? Ask the, ask the animals, the birds, the fish, who doesn't know that, that God has done this? They just do their nature. They don't okay. say, is this right or is this wrong? Okay, animals just kind of go along just with life the way it is. All right? And, and and what is the order of, of, of animals? What's... Well, they must have fear because they... Okay, they have, have fear, fear for, for sure. Predators. Yeah, they have right fear instinct. Well, God does what he pleases. Okay. And you, they deal with it. Yeah, yeah there is, there's no complaining. The gazelles don't get together and like, okay, we're going to take a vote and the lions can't eat us in anymore. <laughs> okay, we're, you're outnumbered. We took a vote. Um, it, it, there's, there's an order of things. And what is the order in nature? Survival. Okay. The strong overpower the weak. This is, so Job is possibly misapplying nature to prove a a, a true point, yeah, in in, in some sense. He's, he's, He's saying, listen, God's in control of it all, which is true. He's proving a wrong point, and he's assuming a wrong point. What's the difference between, what about his application isn't true? Or, or maybe, perhaps, where he's misguided because he's referring to the way. Listen, you know, the big fish gets the little fish. And, you know, it's like that's that's the order of nature: the strong swallows the weak. And uh, God uses the weak sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, so where are his assumptions wrong? Man is head over all the. Okay, there's a difference. The first thing is true. There's a difference in order where Where man is not an instinctual being, we do say hey let 's take a vote well, you can 't do that anymore. the animals don 't there's a there 's a difference so so nature doesn 't necessarily prove what job is thinking it proves uh he 's so he's he 's potentially wrong there he 's wrong elsewhere in that he 's oversimplifying, and I think guy you you kind of mentioned that the the small and weak things. You you look at sometimes the small weak things are stronger than the very very powerful things. Right? Uh, this this year we saw the um, all the 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 panic for well about what one or two days over the murder hornets. Oh the murder hornets. Right. And uh, I don't know if, if in all that you saw the video of of how bees deal with murder hornets. They, they got it under control. You know and they just. They swarm them and buzz their wings until the thing cooks alive. They just insulate them and cook them. And uh, it's pretty cool. But here's this huge thing like that, and these little things like that just kind of take care of them. You know, you see an ant colony take care of a scorpion. Right? Well, which one's bigger? Right? Sometimes size isn't all that counts. And so, so Job has oversimplified there. And sometimes the strong is not the strong. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of ways that that, that you know you, you can't generalize, and so so Job is kind of guilty of generalizing some things here as well. Um. So um, so we move on. Let's move on to the second section section in uh, chapter thirteen. He says, "With God our wisdom and strength; he has counsel and understanding. If he breaks a thing down, it can't be rebuilt." If he imprisons a man, there's no release. If he withholds the waters, they will dry up. If he sends them out, they will overwhelm the earth. With him are strength and prudence. And the deceived and the deceiver are both his. He leads counselors away plundered and makes fools out of the judges. He loosens the bonds of kings and binds their waist and belt. He leads princes away Plundered and overthrows the mighty, he deprives the trusted ones of, of speech, and takes away the discernment of the elders. He pours contempt on princes and disarms the mighty. He uncovers deep things out of darkness and brings shadow of death to light. He makes nations great and destroys them. He enlarges nations, enlarges nations and guides them. He takes away the understanding of the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in the path, pathless wilderness. They grope in the dark without light, and he makes them stagger around like a drunk man. So, uh, this is kind of interesting as he, he goes through, and we've talked about attributing things, uh, uh, and so he transitions here in verse 14 and 15 from nature. Uh, we, were just, we were just talking about nature, and then, so he's going to continue on, and these are two statements here. About God's nature, if God decides that nature is going to do something, it's going to do something. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if, and if He decides it's not going to do something, you know, if it's not going to rain, then you can do all the war dances you want, and <laughs> you're not going to get rain. You can, you can irrigate, you can do whatever you want to do. And if God says this river is drying up. He's right up. Um, He moves into how God deals with humanity. And I think this is um, interesting as he talks about how people are subject, really, to the fate of God's decisions. Now, we want to keep in mind that he's not talking about salvation here. He's just talking about the physical circumstances of people and their success. Uh, if it, We are not masters of our own destiny, and that's kind of what he's saying here. And it's interesting. He, he divides and he goes through all these groups of people. And we're going to kind of go through these uh, kind of briefly and, and look at what... Uh, what you think of when you think of each group and and in each one of these we're going to notice it doesn't control God and they're all things that we kind of are subject to. you know you might find yourself attracted to a particular area in the way you look at yourself god says doesn 't impress me much so uh, but first he says, both the deceived and the deceiver are his, and so we're going to begin we talk about. Really, moral implications. Your, your moral implications don't make you better or worse off in terms of you know, your influence on what God's going to do. We kind of think that, you know, it's like people will, Oh, you're a preacher, could you pray for me? I, I don't have like an extra... Like, I don't have extra credit... You know, like, I don't get that. You know, it's like, that's not how it works. Um, I don't have well, or you know, pray in the church building. Oh, that that'd probably be an extra special prayer. You know, it, that's not how God looks at these things. Um, God says, from the you know the mouth of babes, He's perfected praise. They haven't they haven't had time to earn any extra credit. Um, so it's it's it's, uh, it's not the fate of people is in in God's hands and so what do you think of when you think of he says counselors in verse 17 he says he leaves counselors away plundered who are counselors as he's talking about it back then rulers well there he says he leads rulers away Hmm. uh, in verse 17 yeah oh ok Okay, I, I I think it's the word counselors because he's going to talk about kings uh, a little bit later. There are, there there might be some kind of overlap in 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 in, uh, in some translation. Well, there are more than kings that are rulers. Sure, sure. I suppose that's true. That's true. There's the power behind the throne. <laughs> <laughs> it's the yeah, right. Yeah. So 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 um, the counselors were kind of the the. The guys that had the king's ear, for sure. Uh, they're part of the cabinet, if you will, or uh, the administration. Uh, and, and so, what's their what? What is their great? What's their great gift? What's their great wisdom? Wisdom, strategy, planning. Right? We've got all the advice. God says, "Watch this. I'll plunder you." Yeah, 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 Exactly. He had all the plans. Haman had all the plans laid out and got hung on his own gallows. Did nothing for you. Uh, he makes fools of judges. So, what, what do you think of when you think of a judge? I think of law. law. Wisdom. Yeah, it's a kind of a similar wisdom—the the, the capability to to make decisions. It, it's it's similar like uh, to a counselor um, but uh analysis and and to to make decisions That's says yeah it's not binding on me I'm, i i i i uh, i overrule you <laughs> and uh, nice decision i'm gonna overrule that one uh and it doesn't and God is not subject uh, the next one uh See where we're at here. It says, He loosens the bonds of kings. What does and binds their waist with a belt? What does that mean? He loosens the bonds of a king. Their authority. Okay. All right. the kings think, uh, Okay, I rule this place now. I've, I've, I've placed this under my authority, and uh, I, I go and I conquer this area, and they are under me, and I own it. And God says, Oh, no, you don't. Oh, now you're, you're a king now. Now you're going to go into captivity. Now, What a wonderful king you are. Now you're going to get your eyes poked out. and like, There's this, all these things as you go through the Old Testament where God shows his ability just like you were a king. Now you're not. like the story of Nebuchadnezzar where he said, I'm so great and I it will all show you. Yeah. And he went to be a beast living in the ground. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who's greater than Nebuchadnezzar? And uh, and and now he's done with the animals. Yeah, yep. So um, now we go. This is interesting. Uh, there's going to be multiple translations. Some of yours will say uh, uh, princes, and this is a different word uh, from princes. He's going to reference later. Um, and some of yours might have a version that says priests, um, and that's in verse 19. Priest is probably closer. Um, it's actually the if you hear a, a Jewish surname Cohen, that's the word Cohen. It's a it's and it means priest. So um, and he says uh, so uh, he will lead princes away, plundered, and overthrow the mighty. Our priests and so. What is the what is the strength or the advantage of priests? What is their talent? What's their their thing? Their knowledge of God. Okay, their religious knowledge, their uh, guidance, their spiritual connection to God. Whatever it is that that isn't listen. That doesn't again like we talked about. That doesn't give you any special in with God. Those people go into captivity. They, there were, I mean, think of Daniel. I mean, and all these men that were good men. We're not even talking about bad priests. Good priests, men of a great character. That you know, which of our, which of the prophets wasn't, you know, did you not murder? Right. Those men suffered fates as well. God allowed it. Verse six, or uh, excuse me, uh, the the sixth one here uh, is um, verse in verse twenty. Who are trusted ones of speech? Who are trusted ones of speech? Orators. Orators. Oh man, yeah. and you go back even you know like to Rome I mean I know that that hasn't occurred yet in this point in history but I'm sure they had you know people like that that they they referenced you know that were lawyers or whatever that spoke you know politicians. yeah politicians is yeah uh whatever whatever the the group was that was recognized for being eloquent you know and being able to religious people there are some religious people that just like you know uh there's a guy by the name of Chrysostom, and his nickname, I don't think that's his original name, it means golden tongue. <laughs> he was just he was just one of those guys that, wow, you just listen to him, and, uh, and just, wow, it's like, man, you feel all refreshed after listening to him. And, um, but I was not impressed with that speech. I mean, just like, 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 we can speak so eloquently that, that God would pay attention to that to that speech. He uh, says, The elders. Oh, what has Job said about elders? What has Job just said about the older men? Can't understand anymore. And he's like, they're the smart ones, right? He's like, listen, it's, it's wisdom was with, with smart, with the aged, but what does that get you? With God. Does that get you any special favor? And why not? Well, it's interesting he's comparing, you know, with the elders their their information that they're giving them is personal and they Right. Not what God thinks. Sure. And that's what he's trying to tell him. You guys are elders, you're not even using God's words right. or God's thoughts to come to me and tell me what's right, what's wrong. You're using your own impression, you know, and your own feelings. He goes, that's not an elder. That's not Right. Brother. And I think that's that's exactly it is that People who are older typically refer to their own experiences, and even those are limited. Does anybody got more experience than God? (laughs) You're not going to impress God with your great ability to understand from experience because He kind of is older than you, so 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 He sees a bigger picture. And and even if you're older and been around for a hundred years, however old these men are by this time, it's still limited. You might have more experience than a 20-year-old kid, but what is it in the grand scheme of things? He's telling them you're doing more damage than you are. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, And then finally we get down to princes. um, And this is the actual word prince. What did a prince represent at this point in time in in, in history? A ruler. Okay. We think of them as sons of kings, uh, you know, in fairy tales, they're just the, the guy that goes around kissing, you know, sleeping princesses. But in, in history, they kind of represent more than that. Who were they? What were they used as? They were nobility. They were nobility beyond nobility. More important. They carried a function that was more important than the, the glamour and the, and the, you know, soft robes. The future of the kingdom. Okay. They were eventually going to take over. They were used as generals, right? And they were used as generals because it was safe. A king viewed his son as safe. You know, he's not going to become too. No, not always true, but, but he's safer. You know, he's, not, he's going to get the throne eventually, so maybe he won't kill me. You get a, a very powerful general, he might just decide I've got all the military on my side, I'm going to take it for me. Uh, and that happened frequently so so kings often put their sons in positions of general, like um you know, uh, vespasian 's son Titus is the one that oversaw the 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 overthrow of Jerusalem in seventy a d uh, they They used their sons that way uh, so so they were the military power they I mean the king didn't often go into war; he sent his generals right uh, he would march in after it 's all over and say, "Look at me, what a great boy am I and, you know." So, but he's not going to, not always. I mean, there were, there were times where they did, but uh, a lot of times they, they had uh, their sons doing the dirty work for them. And God says, I disdain that. I, I, I just, yeah, I think of the, the, the Spanish Armada. So, the one, I mean, the Spanish Armada was just this, this, this event where they were going, I mean, they were so far beyond England's power. In, in, in terms of their naval power, and they went up to England, and they were going to wipe England out, and just I, just this incredible storm, and the whole fleet sunk. God said, "No, you're not." For whatever reason, God said, "No," <laughs> and his whole and Spain's never been anything since. Period. Any top yeah, it's also crazy yeah. stuff. God says, no, you're not. You're just not. It's just a bizarre story. Yeah. And so God disdains our, our attempts at military power. Um, says he he takes away the understanding of the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in a pathless wilderness they grope in the dark without light and he makes them stagger like drunk men' I'm going to talk about uh just a a couple of things actually uh let's let 's back up to verse twenty two he says he uncovers deep things out of darkness and brings the shadow to death, uh, uh, the shadow of death to light and he makes nations great and he destroys them. He enlarges nations and guides them so, so God says, listen, this idea of nations being great or not being great, um, boy, that, that sounds like a phrase I've heard recently. I'm just, It kind of sounds familiar to my ears. God says, if I want it to be made great, I'll make it great. And when I want it to be not great, I'll make it not great. And there's nothing any political force is going to do to prevent it, or to hinder it, or to force it. Right, who, and, he, and he talks about kind of discovery. What, what made nations great is discovery. Well, who puts those clues there? Why do, like for thousands and thousands of years, people not know anything, and then, boom, all of a sudden, we know all this stuff. You know, oh, we discovered this thing. Who allowed you to? Who put the clue there? Who let you trip over that thing? And who let you do this thing? And you discovered this. God allowed it. And so, just as I mean, there's, you know, I mean, we we bemoan the idea that uh, wisdom is declining. Why is wisdom declining? you ever see like a, a high school test from like 100 years ago? What they had to know to graduate from like whatever grade, eighth grade, when school ended for most people? Wait, like, most kids couldn't pass that as, as a college graduate today. What, what? What are some of the things that have happened? up by religious institutions, you know, people okay. who revered God. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I think you know, to use a modern word, uh, I think a lot of these uh, uh, groups, uh, humanist groups, have co-opted uh, sure. institutions that were set up by religious people. You yeah. know, In pursuit of, of wisdom and, and to honor God. Right. Be excellent in all things that you do, and and we've we've moved away from the source of our of our wisdom. Uh, you know, we we started worshiping things that are that are man-made instead of, you know, honoring the Creator, just like it says in Romans 1. Right. That's yeah. I think. I, I think that is absolutely true, is, is that, you know, we've... The the more... Man is always going to have a God. You, you can't get away from a God. All right? You're... An atheistic world has a God. And you get to select what your God is. The atheistic... What is what are what are what are atheists looking out in the universe for? What are they looking for? Aliens, Aliens but what, how do they describe it? Intelligent life. intelligent life. You notice they're not searching the universe for incredibly dumb forms of life, right? We're we're looking for the microbes out there, right? They they're looking for intelligent life. They're looking for something to worship. Some reason for our existence. That's what they're looking for. You, you get to worship something. That's what they're worshiping. What else do people worship? If they choose not to worship that? Themselves. Themselves? Nature. Nature. Oh my goodness, you can't, you can't watch a movie where they don't throw that junk in. And so, so people are going to worship something, and if it's not the real thing, what you worship forms the basis of your science. That's just what it is. Men's science will be based on their worldview. And so there was a time where our colleges were all started for religious purposes. Like you mentioned, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Oxford, Cambridge, Paris, Bologna, Like on and on and on and on were actually started to train preachers. They developed their other colleges of science later, but those developed out of a belief of God. That's where they got their accreditation from. And now, what they're doing? Now you see what's coming out of it, and our scientists are going backwards in many ways. I mean, I'm not saying that we're we're not advanced and, and, and discovering, and, and we're not, um, you know, we're we're not inventing things, or, but a lot of the a lot of the things that are coming out are actually hindering us and slowing down things, much like much like you know, hundreds, hundreds of years ago. Uh, when the science was, was based in uh, first started beginning based in evolution and things like that um, and they didn't believe in sterilization and, and hospitals suffered because of it because of this wonderful theory of, of spontaneous generation right? and, and so you, you see it affect things and it, it will affect things and, and people will start decreasing That's says listen I am the source of knowledge. That's what he's taking. I make nations great because I am the one who allows to uncover out of darkness all that knowledge that you amassed. Where did it come from? The the, the knowledge that has been amassed that propelled America to greatness or any country to greatness. Think of the Enlightenment if you go back. Before that what was the printing press designed for Bibles go back to anything written languages I lived in, in in Russia the Russian language the Russian alphabet was designed so that people could give a Bible to an illiterate People. They studied their language and gave them an alphabet so that they could give them a Bible. Think about that. And that's not the only language that's been done like that. But I mean, that's a major, major language. And all these advancements because of God. So, discovery. And we've bemoaned the decline of wisdom, but God says, my doing. I'll do it and we look at the trajectory and that's again similar nations rise and nations fall it is true of all nations now you can have a nation that's kind of doing this and might go up again and i don't know where we're at but i know that wherever we're at god has got it under control and god is not going to allow something to happen that he doesn't that he's not okay with. On a national level. If God has decreed that we will become great again. We will become great again. And, and and no political thing is going to stop it. And if God says, you've had your time in the sun. And here's a group of people over here. Somewhere in the world that that seem to be worshipping me more. I'm going to give them some time then so be it. And nothing is going to prevent it. God arranges these. and I've said this, and I'll refer to it probably many times. This is a chess match between God and Satan. And one of them can see the future, and the other one can't. So this is me versus... Uh, I like chess. I'm not good at it. This is me versus Bobby Fischer. <laughs> it's like... This is, uh, you know, the inevitable. This is the inevitable. And he's like, God sees every possible path. And I think that, the, you know, if we, if we broke it down, I don't think there's one path that God has to get through to, to get to where he's going, whatever it looks like. I think God says, you take whatever move you want, you take whatever open you want, and I'm going to still win with it. Your next move, I'm going to win with that one. There's, there's nothing you can possibly do there's, there's no path to success for Satan. Um, any thoughts as we close? We only got through one chapter of that, but... Yeah? I was just talking to my daughter yesterday, and I said, it seems like the United States has turned into Sodom and Gomorrah, because... It does. You, watch the, you can't even watch the Macy's parade, and they have a big gay people, and, and this is what our kids are growing up in, yep. and you see with the computer, they can't go without oh, their, the their computer, the phone, whatever, and they're always coming out with some, is, it's like, there is so much horrible, everything is turned into, yeah, it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that just a little bit, and then they also Yeah. Said like 60, 60 million abortions, yeah, abortions. It, it's, it's, it's crazy what's going on in our world, um, and you know, you look back, there's a point in time in history where it was, I think, like this. And I, I wouldn't refer to Sodom and Gomorrah. I'd go back a little bit before then. Um, and I would go back to the Tower of Babel. And, and what did God do? I know we're a little off topic from Job. What did God do? He confused them and scattered them. How? By, by confusing their language. Their language, their ability to communicate. What do we have now? We have any ability to communicate cross-world. I mean, like you can you can just you just you just say something into it, and I can listen. Boom, translate. We are right, and, and, and what has happened as that ability has happened, evil has increased. We're back, we're back where the Tower of Babel started. I mean, God addressed an issue, and the way He addressed the issue, we've kind of we we've got the workaround. Uh, and, and look at what's going to happen because of that. So I know a bright note to end on, but uh, we'll, we'll get some brighter notes here in Job, I promise. So you're dismissed.